Welcome to the Mobility Innovators Podcast. Hello everyone. I'm so happy to welcome all listeners from around the world to Mobility Innovator Podcast. I'm your host Jaspal Singh. Mobility Innovator Podcast invite key innovators in transportation and logistics sector to share their thought about the key changes in the sector, about their work and what is their forecast for the future. Today, I'll be speaking with a very good friend. He is Director of Technology at Rizu the Transport de la Capitale, RTC in Quebec City. He has more than 20 years of experience in IT, but entered in public transit sector only five years back. So I can say he is new to the public transit sector. But man, he is already managing all the big projects in Quebec City. We will learn more about those projects today. Before transit, he worked in consulting space, finance industry, and manufacturing sector. He is bringing all his experience to transit sector now. I'm so happy to welcome my good friend Christian Luba, Director of Technology at Rizu de Transport de la Capitale, RTC. It's now time to listen and learn. Hello, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us. It's wonderful to have you on the show to share your experience with our listener. Thank you so much, Jasper, for having, for having me on. It's a pleasure for me uh, to be here today with uh, you, especially since you have two first great episodes. I was really impressed with the quality of those, and uh, I was really, really pleased to learn and listen to the one with uh, Mr. Ma. Uh, I wasn't aware that Shenzhen was so far ahead with the electrical buses. Very impressive, by the way. Thank you. It's always good to hear that people get some learning from these uh, discussion, and that's what th- this podcast is trying to do. So today, you know, it's your time to share your learning with uh, with uh, other listeners. I'll be spending time to learn more about you, your past experience the transit project you're working on and and your perspective on the future of mobility. And to start with, I would like to share you to a little more about yourself with our listener. And also, are there any interesting facts about your career that you haven't mentioned on your LinkedIn? Uh, obviously, the answer to this is yes. But before I go ahead and answer your question, uh, I'm a, I must put a disclaimer here. Uh, this uh, Everything I will be... I, saying in this interview doesn't engage my organization, RTC, it's my, uh, my own opinion. And I just wanna make sure I don't put anyone into any sort of trouble here. So uh, to answer your question, uh, um, back, it's, it's been a while though, uh, to be honest with you, but uh, back my, to my days in uh, university, I used to do a little bit of hacking. Uh, so, uh, uh, I had a little fun uh, with uh, one of my friends at university. We used to uh, go around and test system. And uh, uh, also it was for practical reason. And uh, we, we were used to work on a, a central system because it was a couple of years ago and we were always running out of disk space. And hmm. one of the thing we used to do is uh, uh, we contacted the user that will log on the system and we pretended to be uh, the administrator of the system. And uh, we ask those people, can you please uh, share with us your password? I am your administrator and I need to do uh, some kind of work. Uh, we have uh, uh, detected something wrong with your account. So please provide me with your password. And you would be surprised how many but, people gave us their password. Oh, man. And, uh, and, and, and I think it's a pretty, so it's when you develop that kind of mind of the hacker, you see how easy sometimes it could be. <laughs> so uh, that, that's something you don't put on your LinkedIn profile, but that's very useful in the job I'm doing today. 
Oh, that's great, man. I, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good title to put hacker uh, and now as a director of IT. So it's a great combination. Uh, and and now follow up to this point, you know, so you have more than 20 years of experience and you started your career in manufacturing sector. Yes. And then you moved to Universal Fund and RESP and later joined as director of consulting with CGI, which yeah. is among the largest IT and business consulting firm in the world. Yeah, actually, it's, it's the biggest uh, player in IT consulting in Canada, and it's among the top five players in the world. Oh, that's great. And, and I really like the way you have described your career journey on your LinkedIn. It's like career start with the system maintenance and evolution to deployment of solution and, and right up to software development with agile approach. And, and then as a sale, as account manager in big consulting firm. So you have a long journey. And now you join RTC in 2016. I'm very right. curious to know why transit, like you were having a good career in consulting space and finance industry and manufacturing. So how... Uh, transit managed to attract you and you enter into the space? Well, that, that's a good question. Uh, I, well, to, first of all, uh, uh, when you're getting older, you get to know a bit more what you want in life. And uh, it's really important now for me to be working with an organization uh, uh, that has a mission in which I believe that I can rely to. And uh, public transport is really important. It's very personal value of mine uh, because I've been using it since I've, oh, so many years. Uh, I started using it seriously uh, when I was attending school in Montreal because uh, I was kind of about an hour in transit away from school. So I used the metro, the bus. And so it's very deeply uh, part of my culture and my value and uh, working for RTC was kind of a dream come true for me working for a city uh, such as the Quebec City and working with the transit uh, authority there uh, I mean I've been using their service for a while and to have this opportunity to make change uh, and have a real impact it's I mean it's just so great so that's why I, I've, I've chosen transit uh, definitely you're lucky because some people, even at their deathbed, they don't know what is their purpose in life. So you found it much earlier. And I think in public transit, the people you talk about, they are not here for job or work or money. They are here for serving the society and serving the city and doing something meaningful in life. So I love that uh, part, what you mentioned. And how do you think your experience in consulting, finance and manufacturing sector can help the transit sector? Well, the, the, there's two main sectors that, uh, that were really, really are helpful in, on my day-to-day -day work. And uh, those two sectors are manufacturing and consulting. Mm -hmm. Finance, it's more difficult to ally to finance. Finance is a, a, a world of itself. Uh, but uh, manufacturing, you know, uh, if you take it at, to a simpler expression, a, a public transit operator is a manufacturer. We're manufacturing a service that is delivered on a daily basis. So every day we're delivering the same service. So it's sort of a manufacturer thinking, manufacturer way of doing things. Yeah. So my experience in manufacturing is very useful for me to understand the business. And the real, real main asset though is from consulting. And I hope there's not too many consulting people <laughs> listening to this podcast, but... <clears throat> 
It's so, so helpful. And obviously, it should be a requirement for someone that has a, a top management position in IT to have an experience in consulting. And let me explain yep. to you why. <clears throat> Uh, I learned a lot with CGI. That was a great school for me to learn a lot of things. And one of the things I've done at CGI, I was part of strategic committee for bidding mm. on the different RFP. And the way we look at the requirement mm. is we're always looking, so how are we going to make money with this deal? So you're trying to find the things that the customer forgot to think about. And yeah. he said, okay, we're going to make money there. They didn't ask that. <laughs> so th there's an opening for make money there. So that's very, very useful when you go on the other side of the fence, which I am right now. And quite often I sit to the, uh, the, the people at Procrim and say, mm, let me explain to you what I did on a strategic committee back in CGI when you guys were writing that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... So you uh, to have to have both vision of the procurement cycle, it's it's so, I mean, it is it's just so helpful. Oh, I agree. I mean, you're bringing all the trade secret of consulting to transit sector, which is good, but uh, probably the consulting side will not be very happy <laughs> that well, you are, the, the, you are the, closing the, all those tabs. Yeah, well, it, they find it a bit harder when they have the <laughs> But obviously, you know, I think it's fair play. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you, obviously, we need to know that they're there to make money when we want them to make money. Yeah. Because we, if they go out of business, we have another issue, though. Yeah. But you know, I think it's the, the the what you need to is you know you, that's right. To, there's nothing wrong with making money. It's just you have to be fair. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, I think I think it makes sense. And what you said, I fully agree with you. Having a consulting experience definitely help you, and also. Sometimes you need to sell your project within the organization. So having a consulting experience tell you how to sell uh, the projects to the top management and how to execute it. It, Great. it does help. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. So you are you are in Quebec City. You know that's one of my favorite places in Canada. I, I visited and I love that place. And and it's a very old city, 1608, uh, a long history, but still well, a population. For North America, it's old, but not for European folks. <laughs> yeah. Very recent. Very very recent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, and, and the population also is just a half a million. So for Asian city, half a million mean nothing, but for North American city, half a million is a big city. Do you want to share something interesting about the city and the transit network? Also, if you can share a little more about RTC, uh, strategic plan, I think it's the next 10 year strategy plan for RTC to expand. Yeah. Well, actually regarding the strategic plan, we are kind of right in the middle of it. It's a 10 year plan that started back in, uh, 2018 uh, and uh, it's going 2020, 27. Yep. Uh, so we're kind of right in the middle of it. Uh, obviously, like many organizations, we didn't plan a COVID-19 event in the strategic plan. It wasn't part of the plan, yeah. I swear. It wasn't <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the, the good news is, uh, even though we had the, that, that aspect, uh, we managed to, to move along with the plan. Uh, things specific about Quebec City. Quebec City, uh, like you mentioned, is a whole city. Uh, wh what's really special about Quebec City and the uh, layout of the uh, transport network is uh, that we are uh, kind of, a, it's a tricky city to operate in. 
uh, because it's first it's old city, so you need to respect all these specific historical uh, suburb and uh, yeah. uh, district. And uh, <clears throat> the other thing is, we got natural obstacle like a river that goes across the city, mm. and we got also a lot of rail track going ah. to the city. So it's kind of a city that has some portion that are really difficult to access to. So when you're, we're planning the service, it's very difficult. And the other thing is, it's not very dense. It's very broad. So that, that does have an impact on the way we must organize the service. So we've got a lot of obstacle on the lowly dense city and very broad. So you, you don't have the perfect ingredient to have a great public transit operation. So that, that's one of the challenge. <clears throat> but we're trying to address that with our strategic plan, uh, which uh, basically is a menu. We can resume it in two big steps. The first step is we're trying to transform our uh, offering. We're trying to offer hmm. new mobility option. Uh, obviously, the biggest one is uh, uh, I, uh, it's on track. Uh, it's kind of funny to say, well, say that it's on track since it's a, a light rail system. Uh, we're, we're looking to put in place a new tramway. And that's kind of funny because if you go back about 100 years ago, uh, we had a tramway in Quebec City and it was changed for buses. And, and, now, uh, and, and now we're going back the back way around, but much better, obviously. But what's really funny is that uh, when we changed uh, the tramway for buses, people were arguing that what do you mean buses that won't work in the snow because we need to know that <laughs> Quebec City has a lot of snow and people were arguing back then that no way the, the tram is perfect for snow and now now a hundred years later you got the opposite thing the other way around people are arguing why are you talking about tramway we'll work in snow <laughs> it's a so, it's a difficult world yeah exactly uh, so the first step just like I mentioned if I'm coming back to the a strategic plan is the fact that uh, we're looking at offering different options for mobility. So obviously, just like I mentioned, the, the light rail system is the biggest one. Uh, we recently introduced uh, e-bike uh, mm -hmm. last summer, a uh, big success. Obviously, it was uh, beyond, our, huh? uh, uh, beyond what we were hoping for, a huge success there. And uh, we're looking uh, in the near future to introduce uh, an on-demand service for the suburb called Flexibus. So that, that's kind of the first step, you know, to uh, augment and offer new options for mobility. That's, that's the first step. The second step of the, the plan is to integrate new mobility offer from either partners or whatever. So it's kind of looking at deploying mass services so that, that 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 part, the second part is the is that one that's a bit more trickier, I would say, yeah. actually, especially for technologies. Uh, so that means we are thinking about putting ourselves right in the middle of the crowd, of the mobility crowd, and we see ourselves as an integrator, an integrator of different service, and that have a deep impact on the way we think about technologies. I, I must say, it's a it's it's a great plan and probably it can be a blueprint for other smaller cities of this size, especially in North America and, and Europe, like RTC Quebec is doing a lot of great work. And I like, I would say you're quite humble not to talk about these things because it's, it's quite impressive what you're building right now.
Oh, well, it's, it's, it's really a pleasure to hear that, especially since we specifically specified in our strategy plan that the, our main goal at the end of all this is to be a, a reference for comparable North American city and the way we innovate uh, by having different mobility offer and diversification. No, you are right on track. You're right on track. So now about my next question, I am, and everybody want to avoid that question, or I would say everybody hate to talk about that. All right, but let's skip it then. <laughs> yeah, but I, I want your experience in that area, especially the, the pandemic, COVID. Uh, and uh, you are IT director in every business. Uh, when the lockdown started, uh, there was suddenly a big demand to implement new IT project in short time. Like I know everybody was rushing and looking for solution and all. And now hopefully we are at the end of the tunnel. I, I hope, and I, I keep my finger crossed that we are looking, things are closing down and winding up. So when you look back, how do you see that RTC has transformed into a year? And, and what are the key learning from that process? And that's obviously, that's a good question. We, we don't pretend to be better than anyone else because every industry, every organization had to answer the same question in such a short amount of time. Uh, obviously, uh, one thing we did realize is the, uh, the fact that we could do a lot of things remotely. Uh, mm. So that, that, that was one of the main elements, especially because of the nature of our business. Obviously, there's things that are impossible to do remotely. You know, a bus driver cannot work from home. <laughs> that means there there will be possibility in future too. There are remote driving options now. Per perhaps, <laughs> but not for the time being though. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it's the same thing with our maintenance people. You know, mechanics yeah. needs to be in the garage. Uh, but all the other staff supporting all the action, uh, accounting, uh, uh, HR, IT as well, mm -hmm. and all those supporting services uh, could do a lot of work remotely, uh, especially with the high-speed connection we have now those days. Uh, I, I just think that the, the pandemic uh, was just a catalyst. Uh, hack as sort of a propulsor uh, and, you know, and showing the business, different business that a lot of things can be done remotely. Mm -hmm. But the, on the other end, the other side of that, though, is it also made realize to the top executive that, wow, we are really dependent on technology now. Mm. So it, I, I don't have a, a, a specific answer to that. But I think one of the main things we realized is the fact that, yep, we can do all this business remotely. But on the other end, there was, and everyone would be talking about that, how fragile we are yeah. toward technology. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't talk about cybersecurity, and then, you know, everyone's talking about cybersecurity. But you know what? Um, the main thing, though, is that we realized that this was true for us, but it's also true for a lot of our users. Yeah. We work in different company. In Quebec City, we got a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, company and finance entrance, especially. And some of those companies shut some floors in the office for, for good. I mean, mm. they, they, they mentioned before, you're never going to be coming back at, at the office. It's more efficient from, from home. From home. And so, it, we, obviously, like every 
public transit operator in uh, North America, we're going to have to adjust. And, yeah. and we don't know how yet. That's that's the main issue, I guess. But mm. we do see uh, uh, some change in our usual patterns of uh, frequentation. Uh, people are not using the bus the same way as they used to. Yeah. And they probably won't be using it this, uh, as they used to in the near future or the far future. Something on the way we dress work, on the way we work and the way we live is changed forever. Yeah. And we're just gonna have to adapt to it. But that doesn't mean that public transport is required anymore. No, no, on the other, on the contrary, it's mostly required, but different, I would say. That's a great learning, I would say, is like realizing that how fragile the organizations are when the pandemic hit and I, I can, vouch for that because I know some of the transit agency need to stop collecting fare because there was no other way to collect fare than using cash or smart card and touching the system. So they have to shut down because people don't touch. And the second point you mentioned about bringing those change and, and be future ready because the world is changing around us. And if we feel that everything will go back to normal, I think we are living in a, in a false world. So we need to be ready that not everybody's coming back. So you need to be innovative to figure out how to make revenue. Exactly, and 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 so it's also uh, in the way you offer your service. That's why our strategic plan is so right on the target, new offerings. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's good blueprint for many other cities uh, in North America. And I also remember you shared last year, one of the challenge faced by a transit company, uh, and that is about hiring and retaining IT talent. Like you mentioned now, how, IT became so important in transit agencies, but the challenge is now you're competing uh, for the IT talent uh, with so many other organizations, startups and big uh, Google, Facebook and all. So you also share about the challenge that it's difficult to ask IT staff to join back because some of them will not like the idea. Like you mentioned the remote working. Uh, how do you think the transit agency can hire and retain IT talent, especially for small and medium-sized transit agencies, not, not the big one I'm saying, but the small one, which can't give too much of money and how to become employer of choice for the new generation of talent. What's your feeling on that side? Well, that, that's a tough question. Uh, and uh, you see, you know, you mentioned small and medium, but I won't exclude the large as one. We, are, we all have the same challenge, but small and medium, perhaps it's the money that could be a challenge. Yeah. But even though if you have the money in all of those days with the, the IT talent, you still have a challenge. It's not just a money matter. You need to, to, to motivate people uh, more with the mission than the money. And yeah. uh, we still have a good success motivating young people, but it's the approach that needs to be different. For instance, uh, last fall, uh, we... Uh, contribute to uh, act on through an organization named Tech Nation. And that's the way you know, to make noise, motivate young people yeah. around your mission. So we're not really used to that because we're an organization that have such a long history and people, you know, you talk to HR, how come people don't wanna work for us? Everyone <laughs> wanna work for us. Uh, but you need to kind of change a culture there and say, no, no, yeah. you need to make some noise around why it's cool, why it's fun working with us. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a way to attract IT talent, but it, the, it won't be enough to address the IT shortage though. And uh, we have a big issue because there's not enough 
people studying in IT right now regarding the amount of people who are getting near retirement. There's yeah. a real big gap, especially in Canada and Quebec City. Uh, we have a, a, a talent shortage, a gap, an immense gap because of the year 2000 bug. Uh, you know, oh, there yeah. was a lot, lot, lot of work and suddenly there was no work and people stopped attending school, university. Uh, and so no one studied anymore in IT. There's some, even some universities shut down their programs to mm. tell you how bad it was, okay? So that aspect, we need to think out of the box because yeah. just hiring new staff and the new generation won't be enough. Yeah. So we need to put in place, and I, I really love, I don't know if I can name them, but uh, Gartner came up with a, a notion of citizen developer. Hmm. And uh, with that notion is the fact that you use people who don't have all the skills the skills and not we don't come from IT yeah and try to use them to do some IT work but obviously you need to be thinking to put around the framework required for that especially of uh you know all the issue we have right now with cybersecurity oh yeah and all the personal data that we're sometimes collecting and we want to protect and and we do protect but you need to have a thinking around that sort of aspect and to put around a framework which will favor that. And you need to empower as much as possible your user with the proper tool in order that they can go as far as possible without requiring very technical staff that are really difficult to find and that are very costly to use. Well, that's a, that's a great point you mentioned. And, and it's a challenge for everybody, retaining talent. So the organization need to rethink about their marketing strategy. They need to make transit cool, not just to use, but to work. So exactly. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, and, and great to see that uh, you are like your consult, you're wearing your consultant hat and, and pushing the HR to, to <laughs> rethink their strategy. So <clears throat> now I want to discuss a long list of projects, which you have implemented at RTC in such a short time. Uh, you mentioned some of some of them. Firstly, RTC launched a mobile payment application, which is called RTC Nomad. Yeah, Nomad Payment. Nomad, Nomad Payment. Nomad Payment. Just want to mention, and uh, it's probably obvious the way I talk English, but uh, Quebec City is a French Canadian city, so we talk French around here. Uh, so sorry about that. No, no, no. It's interesting. <laughs> and you launched that right in the middle of pandemic. I think you launched in May, 2020, which is yep. like at the peak of pandemic. Uh, this project is part of, I think, possible one-stop shop strategy. You have like bringing all the uh, mode into one app. And interestingly, yeah, last month you did the first step. You entered into partnership with Camin Auto, uh, a car sharing company. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's interesting because you are now offering $99 monthly pass for bus and car sharing and and people can use the buses as well as they can get the 10 trips for 30 minutes for the car sharing and all so it's it's a it's a great step uh, to build the mass uh, and i love that because they're not there are there are not many example of that would love to know more about these projects and what learning you would like to share with other transit agencies what are the other offering the rider can expect in the future well obviously one thing you you, you can see for sure uh, communato uh, is a car sharing organization okay uh, it's a non-profit organization for car sharing 
And obviously, it's a partner who's been around for a while in Quebec City. And uh, if you look at the logic of that, it's totally online with our strategic planning, the step two of the strategic planning, which is to integrate all sort of mobility, okay? And that's a way of achieving that. Uh, it, uh, it's not that difficult if you have a good partner. So every, the secret of a sauce is in good partners, uh, but it can be sometimes really challenging because not all partners are uh, as technically savvy as you could be or want yeah. them to be. Uh, and that's a main challenge. So you need to make sure that you are really open and frank and honest and your approach on both sides of the table. Eh? Uh, so what I would say to smaller or medium uh, transit agency that obviously the first thing you need to do is to have the, the, a mind shift to be, you know, position yourself at the center of the integration. That's the first thing. Once you have that mind shift, you have all the support from all the different awesome. partners you need to have the support, okay? You need to kind of legitimate yourself in that role. Yeah. Then put in place technologies that will help you legitimate yourself. Let me explain what we have done and this date back to about two, three years ago when we're thinking about our strategic planning, uh, we were thinking in on, on the technology department, how are we gonna be supporting the business toward that? And yeah, one of the elements that came forward is that the fact we're gonna to have to integrate lots of data for a lot of different places. So we put in place a platform from a firm called Talent that allow us to exchange data through a hub. So we got a data hub exchange, okay? Oh, okay, interesting. So, yeah, definitely. And, and, and it's kind of, if we didn't have that thing in place today, what you just mentioned, the communal uh, pass uh, for the ride sharing would be very hard to do. Yeah. But since we have that platform in place, well, it's a very, but I wouldn't say easy, easy, but it's definitely more uh, systematic or yes exactly it's so we kind of position ourselves that so if it's working with Caminoto let's say there's a new partner coming in well we can easily do the same thing because we have in place the required technical platform to host this and that's good and and to that platform we could even do things from partner to partners and mm -hmm. we could link Caminoto with, let's say, I don't know, uh, uh, a electric bike scooter. Yeah. Oh, electrical scooter. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, I, I, I love your point about uh, that technology should solve the business problem. Like you should not just implement technology for the sake of implementing the technology. And, and that's what I see a lot of transit agencies are doing. Like they feel like, oh, I need a new app. I need a new journey planner but they forget about how it will contribute to the business. Well, that, that's, that's a trap, obviously. And this trap is especially true since we are in the app economy. I love Apple, but sometimes I hate Apple. And <laughs> one thing I hate about Apple is the fact that, you know, they, 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 they brought us the app economy. So, so many people, so many times come in my office and say, hi, I've got a app for that. Yeah, but what are you trying to solve with this app? <laughs> That, and that's people miss. Yes, that's totally correct. And you know, uh, the, the, one of the trap is you know, don't put in place 
an app or a solution for the sake of the solution. I have a strategy before. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a mistake a lot of people do. They implement the product and then they try to figure out the strategy. Exactly. <laughs> now no, they put so much money and it's, a, it's not working. Well, obviously it's not working. It wasn't designed to do this. So... Yeah, that's, no, that's a great point. I think there is a lot of learning uh, here. And now I want you to quickly share some other projects you successfully implemented. I think you did uh, installation of new radio telecommunication system, deployment of data integration platform. And some of these projects happen in the background. They never get the limelight. Like, like you mentioned about the uh, data hub, like it's never come forward. People don't know about it. Uh, how do these projects supporting RTC to achieve its uh, strategic plan and, of course, improving the customer experience? Because that's the purpose of these whole services. Yeah, well, some of those, pro those projects, like uh, the uh, radio project, is uh, uh, it's not the most sexy project, the more fun project. It's kind of we keep the light on project. Obviously, to operate the buses, we need radio telecommunication with our buses. Yeah with the driver and also for the KDVL system. Uh, so you need, it's not exciting, but you need to do those projects if you wanna be, you know, keep operate. So these are the project, you know, the stay alive projects. Sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we're done that, uh, we did that project because uh, our system was getting old and we were unable to get the replacement part and uh, our, our business partner in this, uh, was the decommissioning the system. So it, it was just, you know, for a matter of, if we want to stay alive, we need to change it. Uh, I, quite often, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a thing, uh, especially in technology, that's the main challenge. It's changed mm. so rapidly yeah. uh, that we, it's tough just to keep uh, at the pace of the technology change. Uh, and you need to balance. Hey, obviously, I think the secret, and it's not fully integrated right here, right now, but we tend to have that sort of thinking now, uh, is you need to balance your project portfolio. You always need to have some innovation, but you also need to have some uh, maintenance as well. Because if you don't do any maintenance and you do just evolution, it's going to, you know, Sometimes it's going to just grab you in somewhere. I won't mention here, but it's going to catch up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very right. You know, you need to maintain the assets you have already built. So it's not easy choice to replace everything. It's not like your Apple iPhone you can replace every year. Uh, I wish we can do with a lot of things, but uh, you can't. Well, sometimes, sometimes, you know, some systems are so deeply integrated in the operation that they are very difficult to change. Uh, mm. But you need to make sure to change them. One thing that's going to be helpful, though, and uh, it's uh, cloud computing. The SaaS model is a yeah. good model to help on, on that aspect. Uh, it, it's very useful for the evolution because you're kind of forced to move along. Mm. So you don't have long discussion regarding, ah, oh, it's too expensive or uh, the business doesn't want to move along. Uh, I, I, you know, I love, I love M365 of Microsoft because of that. Now we're done with the time we used to argue about, well, we need to upgrade Office now, you know? Yeah. Uh, why? You know, the business said, why do I? Well, you need to upgrade Office because uh, it's not going to be supported <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so you don't, we don't have that kind of discussion anymore with uh, 
uh, the office suite since we moved to 365. And that, that's a thinking we need, you know, we, we, we have in place here at the RTC, we have a guide, an official guide that we've developed that orient our decision regarding technology. And that oh. guide is available to the public. It's on our website. Uh, sorry, it's in French though. Uh, it's only in French, I believe, sorry about that. <laughs> but it, the, in this guide, you'll find all the, 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 the main elements that guide our decision hmm. when it comes to make a new technological project, a new IT project. And one of the elements we've put in there is we tend to be a cloud first when it's possible. Not cloud at all costs. You need to make sense. You know, is it secure? Uh, does it protect correctly all the information we want to protect? Uh, but if it does make sense, we're going to be always being saying cloud first. First, okay. That's interesting. No, I'll, I'll definitely put that link in the show notes for people to see because that's that's wonderful to having a systematic approach to implement any technical or technological innovation because sometimes you miss what's ahead, you know, what's 10 year look like and you need to be ready now. You can't just say that, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, you need to uh, anticipate what's going to happen and all. Definitely. That, that's amazing. No, I'll, I'll definitely put and, and see in future when you have an English version of that or, or <laughs> you know, we can share with some technological link where it can be converted. And now I want to talk, talk about the topic which you really love, which is very close to your heart, uh, electric buses, you know. Yes. And Cubic uh, started planning about electric buses in 2019, which is, you know, quite good because they did the planning. And now cities, again, following a very systematic approach. Uh, I think this year you will uh, have like three buses for pilot. Yes. And uh, after that, in 2025, you're planning to have around 30 fully electric buses uh, uh, in, in the city. But you start planning beforehand, like in 2021, already you set up a control center to manage the electric bus operation and all, which a lot of these cities don't do. They, they bring the buses and then they think like, what should do now? And I think in, in that sense, RTC Quebec, like in 2021, you first thing you did, you set up the control center and then now you're procuring the buses and all. So this look, RTC is well prepared with the implementation of electric buses, transit agencies will require to change a lot of planning and operation processes how these changes will impact the IT system, including implanting the new IT projects, energy management system, and how RTC is preparing for the same? Well, uh, it's, it's, you're right. It's going to have major impact on technology for sure. Uh, just one thing I would like uh, to correct in uh, what you mentioned. Uh, we've been having a control center for bus operation for a while now. Uh, it dated back uh when we've put in place our kdvl system uh so it's been a while since since in place i think it's about five or six years i'm not sure but something around that uh and so we we we, we didn't put it in place for the electrical buses obviously but we do see some major change in there as well and when electrical bus is going to be put in place uh, if I come back to your main question regarding what impact is it going to have on the IT system, well, those impacts are major. Uh, one of the main impact we see in near term when we're going to be starting operating buses is the uh, data. There's hmm. so much data coming from electrical buses. 
Yeah. And one of the main reasons toward that is uh, with diesel buses, we tend to be really lazy. Uh, let me explain myself with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't want to get all the operator frustrated after me. <laughs> the fact that we're really lazy is don't, we're not, we don't have to anticipate or worry about the fact that the bus will be able to complete his route. Uh-huh. You know, we send the bus on the road. It's never going to go out of fuel during the day. I'll come back in the garage. We'll fuel it up and they're ready to go. With electrical buses, it's not exactly the same story. Uh, you need to be more precise regarding your energy consumption. You need to anticipate your energy consumption. You need to track your energy consumption during the day to make sure that's exactly doing what you anticipated. If it's not, you're gonna have to take on action. That's where the control center comes very useful. Yeah. Let's say we anticipate a state of charge of battery of uh, 45% and you are less than 15% less in the bus, you have a major problem there. So obviously you're gonna need a lot of data to handle this and a lot of system. Yeah. Uh, So that's the main reason we've put in first. And I think a lot of organization did that we're going to put in first three buses you know to try to figure out what are we talking about here and we you know we're going to put them on the road uh back in 2019 2020 uh we we did our we did our first step by doing simulation you know okay. we simulate electrical buses on a network uh a transport network and we tried to figure out you know oh okay that 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 specific uh, route's going to be a problem Okay, mm. and so we have an, already an idea, but you know we need to confirm, test, a test and that's why those three buses are gonna be for that. And we also dedicated people to it. That's another part of the recipe we put in place. We make sure we're dedicating people only to that, and mm. we have a special group and technology dedicated to you know working on the architecture working on this different system that will be required and the the other step also as well you're going to need to make sure is how is it going to integrate with what we have in place already do we need to same same shunting what we have in place okay one good example for that and it's a very recent we had a meeting this week regarding this is uh, the fact that okay we need to take some information out of the bus and distribute that information inside the control room, state, state of charge. So one good example. Yeah. yeah, but is it enough? Is it too much? Hmm. And the other question that comes up is, okay, once they have to start the state of charge, what are, what, what are they going to do with that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that, that, that brings a lot, a lot, a lot, lot of questions. So IT, it's, it's you know you you can't you you cannot possibly introduce new electrical bus without technology and IT. That's impossible. But you know you need to make sure as well that you are answering a real business problem. Yeah, now I love your point about solving a real business problem, not just implementing or thinking about technology. In in fact, uh, when I had a discussion with Juma, you mentioned about that, and that's what he stressed about that uh, it's not a choice. It's like you have to have a technology platform. You have to have understand what you're not going to do with the data and how you're going to use data. Uh, otherwise, uh, it will be a totally mess. Uh, so great to see that you are you're following a systematic approach to implement this. And like I said, uh, it'll be a great learning for many other smaller city or medium-sized city. Definitely. definitely. And we're going to learn a lot as well. Oh, That's yeah. Yeah, mentioned. yeah. 
it's it's always good to learn and share with others so that they exactly. don't have to follow the same path <laughs> and it's very nice to have people make podcasts talking about electrical buses so you know, <laughs> keep on the right track jaspal <laughs> oh, thank you so much akrishan and now you know another project which uh, you in, in fact you mentioned about this the flexi bus uh, and and rtc is launching that project uh, this year uh and you will be introducing now a smaller vehicle with the seating capacity of eight people which is uh, like you said a uh, lot of transit agencies don't think about that because for them it's not a bus so for them the bus is always mean a big 12 meter and all but uh, but you need to serve uh, the area where the the density is not there the ridership is not there and i think uh, you will be launching an app or it will be the same app uh, nomad app where people can book and reserve the seat would love to know more about this project and how you feel this project will help the agency to offer efficient service to customer at the same time saving some money like you said it should solve some real business problem uh, because many time agencies are implementing new technology project without understanding the real core benefit uh, as well as the real economic value because uh, in some city i found like launching on demand transit was costing them more then running the traditional bus service so what is the point to do that yeah well i think uh, one of the key word you said there is solving real business problem and uh, you know i mentioned this one of the specification of quebec city is the fact that it's a wide area recovering yeah. and we got a lot of suburbs and uh, obviously uh, we're operating uh, too often big empty buses so uh, uh one of the main business problem we're trying to solve with that is to be more efficient hmm. and uh, the, the 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 thinking of the uh, flexibus is to serve people in a suburb uh, and within that same suburb and also take those people that want to go around somewhere else in the city put them in the buses that goes through the suburb and goes in the city as well so obviously the thinking there's to increment ridership in another way uh, that's that's the business problem not for the technology technology how yeah. we address that uh, obviously uh, you know I, i'm a big believer this thing comes from finance and finance when i was in finance th there was this notion of friction we were mm. always talking about it's got it got to be frictionless for the customer well obviously i'm going to say something bad about finance I can't understand why because they're taking <laughs> people money, but uh, that's another thing. <laughs> but uh, frictionless is always better when you're doing an interaction. Hmm. So obviously, doing that through an app is definitely the right proper answer to that. Uh, and uh, especially with younger customer, you know, it's the kind of it's the economy app. So they were born in it, and they really are used to it. Uh, the the thing we've done for that, you know, don't reinvent something that is already existing. Yeah. So we we tend to team up when this happened. So we team up with uh, now I, I can't mention it because it's public now with uh, someone called uh, Via Mobility. Okay. Oh, okay. And, and they are um, uh, they're really well known. Obviously, they're well established. I think there's something around like 200 other uh, cities in the world. Okay. Yeah. And we we did a partnership. Well, obviously went to tendering and procurement and also now we've they've won the the, the procurement and we've partnered up with them, 
and uh, we've kind of linked them into our system. So then again, all the thinking about putting in place yourself right at the middle with your platform and your thinking, there you go again, it pays again. So, so they can, the business can move very fast forward without being depending on us hmm. because they're using an app and we do on the background with the data hub, the required integration. So that's amazing. That, so that's, you know, obviously everything goes back to put yourself in the middle, make sure you are very easy to do business with and integrate with. Yeah. And then you're going to be a player in the API economy and everything oh, yeah. is based on that. Okay. So make sure you position yourself properly to serve the business and be open to work with other. Oh yeah. And that's and the secret that's important. You know, have good protocol, good standard, and you're a player. So you, you need to make yourself a player. Uh, obviously, we cannot technology control everything like it used to be about 20, 25 years ago, where everything was so centralized and uh, oh, you yeah. need to go to IT to, to, to ask for coffee or no, we're a business partner nowadays. And it's really the way we think, okay? Be a business partner, position yourself to help find solution and let the best player play on the field where they perform the better and yeah. make sure you interact with those and you put them together, then you, you, you're kind of playing your role as an integrator there. Oh yeah, that's that's very important, changing that mindset uh, rather than thinking like an old uh, way of a transit operator and all, but now you have to treat yourself like a business entity where you're serving the customer, you're competing with a lot of other mobility options in the market, as well as you have to be an organization where other organization can partner with and work and, and serve the customer because ultimately it's all about customer experience and customer service. If you, if you fail in that, then nothing matters. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Can you agree more? Uh, definitely. And, but it's, it's, it's a mindset change, obviously in there, but perhaps again, my consulting background helped me in there because uh, you need to change quickly in consulting. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, that's, uh, that's my next question. And uh, it may, I'm, I'm, I'll be asking like a little difficult question to you because uh, you are now heading the IT department and all, but I feel uh, many organization, digitalization and tech are kind of a buzzword. And, and many times transit agencies implement new projects without understanding the need of the rider, that human-centric approach is missing. Uh, and sometimes the empathies are missing. We prepare that empathy map to understand what customer want and how they want and all. Again, we are your former consultant have and, and kind of suggest what is the advice you give to small and medium-sized transit agencies which are looking to introduce new tools for transit and what should be the starting point where they should start with the technology, with the research, with the internal discussion, what should be the starting point? Uh, that, that, that's a good question. Uh, obviously, if you're aiming at putting in place something for the customer, uh, the rider, uh, obviously you need to understand what the rider is looking for and we don't do that enough. Let's say, for instance, you know, I find this what I'm about to say a bit sad is most of a ridership are women. Hmm. And there's not enough women 
and transit agency or transit organization around the world. Uh, and unfortunately, it's also true over here. Uh, there's not enough women in top management position who can influence. And so you need to put yourself in their shoes. shoes. Uh, and regarding, you know, uh, for women, security is really, really important. And I always remember that to my staff. It's kind of, we're putting in place a new LRT and say, cameras, cameras everywhere, guys. And, uh, you know, make sure there are, there are people going to be able to see them. And so you need to make, feel your customers secure. That's, that's, a, but this is a business requirement. It's not yeah. a camera, it's a business requirement. The business requirement is customer need to feel safe, especially women. Yeah. Say the, the camera is just a way to achieve that. So yeah. obviously my recommendation would be put yourself in their shoes, put yourself in the, in the shoes of your rider. And that's why I'm always trying to take the bus as often as I can as well. Oh. Okay. It's kind of uh, what's the issue? What's the problem? Sometimes I'm using Nomad and say, hey, man, it's not performing <laughs> like I wanted to, uh, which is our KDBL system. Sometimes I say, hey, he says the bus is supposed to be here in a 30 second. Where's the bus? You know, and I get back in the office and I ask so many questions. And people always say, oh, you took the bus today. Yeah, I took the bus. <laughs> so obviously, you know, uh, I think that's the best way uh, to, and, and, and Good things are often simple. Oh yeah. If it if it's too complex, that's the first warning quite often. And I've used that through all my career. Is if you cannot explain to me what you want to do, go back to the drawing board. Something's wrong. And 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 they and technology that's kind of a trap because often people think our oh, technology IT is very complicated. Yeah. 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 But no, it's human. It's produced by human it's done by human it can be explained don't let yourself be intimidated <laughs> by that See, if the guy in front of you cannot explain and, and, and that was the thing you know especially when i was doing sales uh and consulting firm uh, i quite often bring a, a, a specialist a technical specialist and i had a single with the, with the guys i always brought i don't have it in front of me i always brought some sort of small book or small package and i said to the guy all right you can talk okay but when I flip this thing two times, you shut up. <laughs> that means you lost the customer and you don't want to lose the customer. And I remember yeah. what experience. Once I brought one of those specialists and I've turned this thing about 20 things around. And he didn't. The guy listen. was keep on going yapping, yapping, yapping. And I said to the guy when I was also, listen to me seriously, you. It's the last <laughs> time you're coming with me. And that guy never came back with me. This guy kind of. So you need to keep things. What I'm trying to say, I guess, is keep it human. Keep it simple. And it, it will work out just great. Just make sure you're answering a real issue. No, don't create something that is isn't that isn't real. There's so many problems to solve already. Just don't have one on the pile, please. So yeah, <laughs> I, I guess the solution I, should not be another problem. Like a lot of time you implement something and you figure out, oh man, this is another problem we now need to handle beside what we were handling earlier. Exactly. I love your line, what you mentioned about that good things are always simple. If it's not simple, then it's maybe not good. It's the first warning though, definitely. Amazing, amazing. So I love, love uh, chatting with you, Christian. And uh, we are kind of at the end, we had a lot of interesting chat about technology, mobility and transit. Uh, but I want to end uh, our discussion with a, with a rapid fire question round uh, in which I will ask you uh, five questions 
and you must respond quickly. Okay. Uh, simply say whatever comes to your mind because I want to now understand more human side. Uh, put your hacker hat now on. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you mentioned, you already like this question. I don't know how much it makes sense to you because you already been in so many other industry. But uh, if you were not in the mobility sector, what other profession you would have selected? Uh, electrician. Electrician. Yep, electrician. Uh, that's and, and it's really funny because it's the. I'm not a very manual person. I'm more a, a, a thinker, philosopher, and always thinking about the IT architecture and new ways of doing things. But uh, electrician, because it's the only chore or only manual thing I'm good at. Connecting hard. <laughs> the other thing, you don't want to see me doing plumbing or anything else. I don't know why. Electrician, I'm really good with uh, wires and uh, I figure quite rapidly electric circuits. So I guess electrician would be my answer. And oh. my brother's an electrician. Maybe it's in the, in the DNA. DNA. I don't know. DNA. <laughs> I would say it's like, uh, actually, you are a kind of electrician. No, now you're working with binary number zero one, which is all about electricity. Uh, that's how the computer <laughs> figured yeah, out what they say. <laughs> uh, now about your travel, uh, you must have traveled around the world and visited so many cities. Which is your favorite city in the world? Oh, you know, that's true. I, I was lucky enough. That I didn't travel that much, but I was lucky enough to travel. And uh, that, that you're going to find my answer so boring, but I think Quebec City is a great city. Mm. Uh, I love it. There's many beautiful city in the world. They all have their charm. They all have something special. But uh, I kind of guess uh, home sweet home. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing compared to home. And, and in fact, I also love Quebec City. I just visited once, but I want to visit again sooner once this COVID restriction is over. But what's your favorite transit system in the world? Uh, that, that that's a good question it's very <sighs> obviously uh, i you know i i don't want to say a mohammed answer because i've loved it so much <laughs> and i want to leave it to him uh, so for people wondering what's the answer go listen to the other podcast <laughs> and uh but i think uh you know i'm a, a curious person so uh uh, when I visit a city, I always make sure that that I ride the transit. So uh, uh, when I went in Stockholm, I just loved the metro so much. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, in Paris, it was different kind of metro, very whole, very. But you know, it got its charm. So I guess obviously every city has its own personality with its transit. So I would say every transit city in the world because it serves its population. So. I don't have any favorite. That's a great answer. That's, that's your consulting hat uh, saying they are serving the purpose. They are solving a big uh, issue in that city. So they are, they are favorite. I, I love that answer. Now, which is your favorite startup in the mobility sector? Uh, that, that, that's, that's a great question. I'll try to make it brief, but uh, startup, obviously, and uh, I think I, I, I will be uh, online with everything I said. Uh, I'll start by saying the startup that I don't like. I don't like the startup which are trying to ride on a vibe because mm. they're not trying to solve a real business problem. They're just trying more. To, there's a vibe in that sector. So let's do a startup. For the 90 economies where everyone was starting a website, a pet food website, you know, obviously that, that, that was a recipe for disaster for sure. Uh, but that was on a vibe. 
So a good startup, make sure that they have identified a real business problem and they're trying to solve a real issue. Yeah. One of my favorite startups now is a startup called In a Blink. Hmm. Uh, In a Blink is a small startup that's trying to address a real issue we have with Wi-Fi. It's called Wi-Fi situation. Uh, it's, that's especially true in the real sector uh, where they have so many engine, locomotive engine, really near each other and the Wi-Fi coverage is really poor. Yeah, yeah. And very difficult to do. What they've came up with, instead of using Wi-Fi, they're using Li-Fi. And what's great about Li-Fi it's a hundred thousand times faster than Wi-Fi. We did try it over in our buses and we do see some business case possible with it. Uh, one of the business cases, you know, in the buses, we have many cameras and we're taking video feeds. Yeah. If you want to transfer that video feed, there's no way doing that with Wi-Fi rapidly. It's impossible. But with Li-Fi, that's another thing. So instead of going in the bus, taking out the goddamn hard disk, and uh, putting in a new one and you, you we, we're thinking perhaps but that's a really long shot but they definitely do solve a business problem uh with something that's really current really real and existent which is li-fi but not really well known so that's oh my, my favorite that's my favorite startup for the time being might change next month <laughs> <laughs> but great i'll happy to put their link in the show note because people can see it's a it's a great technology what you're saying and i always end my podcast with the last question with our guest and uh, if you can change one thing in your life what would it be oh that's 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 a very philosophical question <laughs> uh, obviously i was so uh, i I wouldn't change anything. I, I did make some mistake in my life on a personal basis, on a professional basis, but you know, those mistakes make me who I am today. So yeah. if I didn't add those mistakes in the past, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I'm not perfect. Uh, I would say something as though I say, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm only human, but uh, I've been so lucky in my life so far. I have wonderful kids and wonderful wife a great job, you know, it's just, I'm yeah. totally lucky, so joyful, so I won't change a thing. That's great to hear that. If uh, if you have uh, a great uh, family and great uh, work, and then there is a purpose, nothing like that. Thank you so much, uh, Kristen, for your insightful comment. I, I really enjoyed our conversation and learned a lot from your experience. Uh, thank you for sharing mix of your consulting experience, your transit experience, as well as your philosophical experience. So I, I love uh, our discussion. Great. It's been a pleasure, Jasper, and good luck with the next podcast and uh, your uh, mobility innovator. Uh, it's really great to see that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll be inviting some other inspiring guests in coming week. You can subscribe us online to get the notification for the next episode. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to give us a five-star rating as it will help us to spread our message. If you have any feedback or suggestion for this podcast, please do write to us at info at the rate mobility-innovator.com. I see you next time. Thank you.